this gun is canon as far as we know uh, across universes. Yes, it is a hand cannon. Absolutely. Welcome to Casuals of Runeterra, episode 62. I'm your host, Ryan, here with your other host, Hetch. Episode 62, and we're still doing champions. We're we're back in our groove. It feels good. It feels good to be back. We're doing a bit of a one-two step, you know, with the archive episodes, which is fun. Uh, but we're still going to mix these champs in, baby, because we're starting to get behind. <laughs> so. At the at the time of recording, Ryan has already been putting out some teasers that we're going to be even more behind, too. So yeah. this is who we are now. <laughs> Noxus fans cry <laughs> because Kenan is not a Noxus hero, baby. <laughs> So up top, as always, housekeeping. And I'll get it right this time, because in the Jace episode, I said something like podcast.car <laughs> or something like that. It's, listen, you can listen to us everywhere and visit us at podcastcore.com uh, for all of our info. And then follow us on any platform you prefer. We're on all of them. And I mean all of them. Um, you can send us an email if you want to contact us at podcastcore at gmail.com. Uh, Leave a like, follow, a short review slash comment on any one of the ones you choose. Uh, But the easiest way is to tell a friend to keep their ear to the ground by listening to the Casuals of Runeterra podcast. Keep the ear to the ground. We'll sneak up on you if you don't. (laughs) (laughs) There's a rumbling in the city. I hear it. And that rumbling is injustice. (laughs) (laughs) So the main topic for today is Miss Cupcake. Uh, So we're talking about, of course, uh, the woman who's caught everybody's eye uh, due to Arcane. Uh, Caitlin, uh, one of the, I'll say, you know, we've talked a bunch in our Arcane episodes. Go listen to that. But I really like how they ended up representing her. Um, She's changed a bit over the years. Character-wise, lore-wise, but she's always been a pretty solid character and just an overall good kid, right? So for them bringing that to the screen and representing that well, you know, in the environment that is Piltover at that point in time, I enjoy how she came out. Good yeah. job, right? It, uh, it's very encouraging how well they they presented her story because there wasn't much of a hype as far as to Caitlin's story. Yep. Until they started announcing Vi and Jinx and the story of the two sisters, yeah. which at the time we didn't even know that they were sisters. But then it's like, yeah, Jinx is this crazy, mad bomber woman mm-hmm. and her arch nemesis is Caitlin. Caitlin's hunting her down. And that's all like that was what kind of yeah. brought like Caitlin back to the forefront story wise. So. Caitlin was the oddball, and then an arcane comes around, and they did a great job. Like it's like, okay, good, good. Like you're taking one of your OG characters essentially, yep. and still making sure that they have a leg to stand on in this new frontier of lore. Exactly. So let's hop into it. As we always start with a spell here, then move to a follower, and then we get to the champion. Um, if we don't have a landmark, which we don't this time, uh, but our spell today that's kind of working into the lore is coup de gras um which is a terrible card in the game 
Uh, <laughs> but it is very flavorful, which is why we're here. So Coup de Gras in Legends of Runeterra is a five-cost fast spell that has place an enemy follower into the enemy deck. Uh, then your opponent draws one card. So from the gaming standpoint, like card game standpoint, it is an interesting effect specifically against decks. They're like Control or Voltron, and this refers to decks that have a low number of creatures and invest a lot of resources into those creatures. So being able to say, okay, you've gotten your creature to a dangerous point. Let me just put it back in your deck. And then when you draw one, you're most likely going to draw either something that usually kits it out or a card that's not going to be that creature again um, at that strength. So from a playable standpoint, a one-of for some fun, uh, but it's not a great card uh, yeah. compared to the rest of the field. I, I think this card this card could be a, a little bit better as far as like in the future when we get some more frail yard support because right now like the whole buffing creatures and stuff is just not as strong as it once was yeah. um or maybe like if support like if if a, someone like swim ends up making a good support deck it'd be better otherwise i think riot should just go ahead bite the bullet make this a six drop instead of a five drop so that lux players can at least think about it yeah like it, it it's so it's it's in such a weird spot it's so bad that i don't even think we should call it coup de gras this is cup de grace now <laughs> cup de grace so um, the part that we care about most here is the quote that's on this card. So the quote is, the grand city of Piltover is home to some of the finest mines in Runeterra. Piltover's jails are also home to some of the finest mines in Runeterra. And I think that's a great quote to give perspective to the overall intelligence of Piltover's on. So, you know, with Arcane, with what we've seen of Piltover, I think it tends to get pushed at the background that as a city, collectively, the whole population intellectually is up there. Um, above average, right? Because when we look at like Zonites, we talk about Zonites a lot. These kids are smart kids, even though they're in poorer conditions. Um, it's just the nature of the city um, due to progress and et cetera. And it only gets bigger and bigger as the Hextech stuff gets involved. So I think this is a cool line that actually has more depth to it. Yeah, and we get to see it directly in Arcane with um, like the interaction between Echo and Heimerdinger uh, in the third act of Arcane that... You know, is Heimerdinger's like, hey, this uh, this looks like a hoverboard, but the blades aren't right for air. And it's like, oh, and Echo's like, well, you would be correct, but in the lanes it works, like, or in the fissures, the air is yeah. denser. Uh, so everyone's stupid smart in that city. Uh, that this is not the Frail Yard. The, there are no berserkers. <laughs> <laughs> people use their brains. Exactly. So speaking of people using their brains, uh, we move on to the follower we picked for this episode, which is a good card in the game. And this is Insightful Investigator. So it's a four cost three three um, with when you play a, a two cost card, draw one and give it fleeting. Um, we've talked about fleeting in the past uh, where you have to either play that turn or lose it. But this card is actually a really good card because it's balanced. It enables a lot of formats that are either faster. Um, it has a solid body to it for its cost. And it gives you an effect that makes your two-cost cards better. So if you're a smaller deck. Um, so it actually has seen play for a while. It's one of the older cards, but it fits what we're talking about today very well. Yeah, and it's uh, it, it's 
a lot of fun because it's got that deck building challenge too because there's some players are going to look at it it's like how can i get advantage of this two cost thing to get more card advantage so whenever you have a deck building challenge that's just fun that's good design that's something that should be encouraged but uh for us you know it's more important that this is one of the wardens like this is an investigator Uh, so this is going to be someone that's going to be working kind of hand in hand with caitlin despite the fact that it was printed a little bit earlier than caitlin exactly um and the line here is from the warden's handbook which is all detectives respond but a good detective anticipates and an exemplary detective prevents and it's funny because you know as hedge goes into talking about caitlin today um she embodies this right she really sticks to the handbook which makes sense when we hear about like how her mother and father kind of instilled certain values into her um, how she is as just kind of a good kid um, that wants to do right by her, uh, by justice, right? So the fact that she fits so closely to the handbook and a lot of wardens don't is good to see here. Um, so this quote actually has a lot of value in a lore sense as well. Yeah, and I, I wish I wish that the, the story was a little bit closer to Arcane so that we could see a little bit more of the wardens that don't stick to the handbook. But um, if you want to see somebody who doesn't stick to the handbook, you know, Arcane's got Marcus. Uh, <laughs> yeah, see, see what happens with Marcus. <laughs> and we'll get to Marcus more in one of our, arca- our um, archives episodes. So check those out as well as they come out. Uh, but one disclaimer before K- Hedge gets into Caitlin that I want to say is, One thing you'll notice from our Jace episode, the 61, check that one out. And this one, you know, being post-Arcane, Caitlyn's actually has a lot more room to still make it, um, still make the cut as far as the cinematic universe. So it'll be interesting to see what they pull from what we're about to talk about. Um, But it does have a lot more space than Jace, which has a lot of chunks cut out based on where we are in the story. Yeah, absolutely. And as far as what chunks could be there you know let's at least give you the story and if you got any fun guesses let us know like we definitely have some of our own but we let's give you the story so that everyone can start having fun coming up with ideas so so we will start off as far as with caitlin being born to the kiramon clan um Anyone who's seen Arcane is officially on board with understanding how strong the Karaman are, but the Karaman clan is one of the most prestigious families in the city of Piltover. And despite being of from an elite family, Caitlin does exhibit from a very young age a lot of skills necessary to become a essentially a tracker or a very outdoors type kind of kid she's always seen as far as mucking around in the mud of the forest she's able to track birds in the sky even through the city uh, and keep up with them and have an idea where they're going and she was a crack shot as far as using any of the muskets within the hunting lodges or the hunting camps that the elite formed for you know the kind of like that british style of go out in the countryside on the weekend to hunt the foxes uh so caitlin despite being of noble birth she just fits right at home as in this outdoors environment but it's more important as far as with the beginning to look at her mom so caitlin's mom or the the um matron that's the word i'm looking for the matron of clan kiramon is the comptroller of piltover uh that's something that's not really 
described in Arcane, so it's nice to kind of fully understand how she gets her council seat. Um, uh, very much a political position, but she's the comptroller of Piltover, and it does give her a large amount of authority in the city of Piltover, while her husband is an artificer, so he's tinkering her way in shops. It kind of sounds like he got... He finished well enough, and then he's going to go and do what he enjoys doing, and that's making his own tools. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's it's interesting for them to start off with this um, perspective of the mother and father because we now understand – because, I mean, Arcane does a good bit of it towards the second half um, of introducing them and having them interact. But we kind of have the feeling from Arcane, but from the story, you know now that, oh, she's well-rounded because of her parents – um, and not because of her station in life, right? Like she was well off, but it talks about her mother being a comptroller and kind of taking her experiences and giving that to her daughter at a very young age so she doesn't become pompous and kind of uppity. And her father as well, kind of having a grounding in his profession, bring that to her as well. Yeah, uh, Father is very much an honest worker. Yeah. And her mother, one of the things that it harps on very importantly in the story is that she constantly instilled right and wrong, good and evil in Caitlin. And as far as being at such a high seat of political power in the city, of Piltover, uh, she probably saw her own share of crap. Uh, so, from what we know, it feels more like new money than old money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so, this is the foundation that is built for Caitlin, and this is where we really diverge from what we've seen in Arcane. So, I'm not like Ryan kind of brought up earlier. We're not outright saying that this is retcon now. Because this is something that could be inspire a whole chapter of Arcane in the future, uh, and it'd just be a little bit different. It might be something they don't revisit. Who knows? But we are now on a completely different path. So this is the foundation for Caitlin's life, and it all changes on a fateful progress day. And on this progress day, Caitlin returns from the parades and festivities of the city to the family estate, and the family estate is in ruins. It's the building's burning. All of the retainers and all of the retainers and guards of the family estate are dead. And the house that or what's left of it has been looted, and her parents are gone, missing. And Caitlin is now faced with trying to figure out what in the world just happened. And this foundation that's been built not only as being a natural tracker but knowing what's but the difference between good and evil what's right and wrong caitlin decides to use her tracking experience to find the wrongdoers and she's able to slowly track down one by one each of the infiltrators of the family estate and is able to interrogate them to find out where her parents are and that leads her to a warehouse where the rest of the kidnappers are there torturing her parents for information we're not told what kind of information or information about what but they are torturing her parents for some kind of information and caitlin's able to at least dispatch them long enough for the wardens to show up and make mass arrests and save her parents and all the information that Caitlin has of these 
essentially just ne'er do wills. She has no idea who they are. She has no idea who they work for except for the letter C. So there is some mastermind out there that is only known as the letter C, and that C is in cat. Um, so now Caitlin is at a point where she's like kind of, you know, is able to pick up the pieces of her life a little bit. But now that her parents are rescued, they've got choices to make. And we get to see here that her mom decides, you know what? Life's too short. I am done with my professional career. We're going to at least pick up a pieces enough to so that we have a place to live, but I'm out. I'm out of the game. And she gives up her seat on the what we're assuming now is the her seat on the council and the comptroller. Um and as far as in the lore, she just gives up her job as a comptroller, but we know from Arcane that they do have a council seat. So yep. I would assume that if we're not completely doing away with the Caitlin's lore, that it would be both. Yeah. And if in Arcane, we're also at a place in spoilers for Arcane to a degree here. We'll try our best. Uh, but we do get excited very easily. Um, so um, to a degree here, a lot of this can still be used, right? A lot of the themes here can be placed very, you know, particular, particularly in arcane and still serve the same purpose as far as continuing to drive Caitlin down her path career career wise. Um, yeah. So I, I like, I, I like how the story handles it, but I like that it still is vague enough. Like there's no dates, there's no ages, there's no specifics enough to kind of nail it down at any specific point. So it can still be used. Yeah. And they, one of the reasons is that we can see that a potential for it to be used is that it describes Caitlin's mom giving up her position, creating a power vacuum in Piltover. And we know from Arcane that there's a bit, there's going to be a power vacuum left behind in Zon. So, you know, it's like, hey, you already have this theme of the power vacuums and people coming in and taking up. Like, it's an easy transition over into this. But, uh, with this power vacuum that's created, of course, Piltover is a little bit in disarray and the Kiramon family is pretty much on lockdown. They no longer are spreading their influence within the city. And Caitlin decides that if mom isn't going to work with her political ties that for me to use, and I'm not going to lock myself in my dad's tool shed. I'm going to go out and I'm going to find C and figure out who was behind the attack on my family. And this is a big difference between Arcane and her lore. She becomes a private investigator. So in Arcane, she works her way up as far as a rookie police or policewoman um, and then becomes like a full fledged warden and then the sheriff. Here, she starts her experience as a PI. So it's with her experience as a PI and working one for herself as well as getting some clients on the side that she's able to get more information about C and start putting together a bunch of ties as far as what's happening in the city of Piltover as well as the undercity of Zon. And her parents aren't too keen on this idea. They're 
a little bit hesitant, but they do encourage her to keep doing what she believes is right, which is the same as what she's always learned and been reinforced growing up. And the way that they show their support is that her dad crafts her a firearm for herself. She gets her own custom made rifle. A good old you- ghost gun. A good old <laughs> ghost gun. <laughs> oh, lordy. Um, so and it's specified that the her rifle can use multiple kinds of ammunition and can be adjustable at all these crazy things. Uh as far as for people playing the card game of Runeterra, if you've ever leveled up Caitlyn or seen Caitlyn level up, you kind of get like this whole adjusting that the gun can do. It's Hextech at its finest, baby. And keep keep this one, you know, commit this to memory because we will reference this again soon in the Grand Conspiracy Archives uh, episode because the weapon is also referred there. So this gun is canon as far as we know uh, across universes. Yes, it is a hand cannon. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Got him. So um, now as far as with Caitlin working as a PI, her work as a PI is what garners the attention of the wardens. So... In her lore, she works as a private investigator, and then the wardens reach out to her because of an incident that was involving a bunch of Kim punks. But the Kim punks, the only thing they got out of them was this mysterious C. So Caitlin begrudgingly accepts a position as sheriff to work with the wardens and hopefully use their resources to get more information about C. This is very different from Arcane because an Arcane sheriff, uh, the sheriff was pretty much like the head of the police force. Um, so uh, I, I for, uh, not, yeah, the police chief, kind of like the police chief. Uh, I was thinking like head of police, but that's that's more a political position. Yeah. Um, so th- the sheriff in Arcane is more of a police chief, whereas in this one, it's the sheriff is more like being deputized. Uh, it, you know, it's like it would give you our authority to work as you see fit so long as you stay within the confines of the law. So Caitlin becomes a warden to try to track down C. They she helps the wardens to finish up the situation that they had because they pretty much followed an attack on a warehouse and she ends up helping them wrangle up the last of the henchmen, but no more signs pointing to see, but she continues to work with the wardens from this point onwards, hoping that the resources they have can lead her to see. And she makes a great name for herself as a sheriff. She becomes a very well known and well respected sheriff throughout the city of Piltover, both within the organization of the wardens and outside of it to the city as a whole. And she ends up working well enough to where they assign her a partner. And that partner is Vi. So insert all of your fan art here. <laughs> so this is another point in the story where how Vi gets involved is also a little bit different. Uh, but one thing that is mentioned in the story, which is great, is that, you know, there is some still some questions on why, right? Not why and when Vi was kind of added to the mix and why she they work so well together. Um, and that's the part that kind of opens up in 
arcane. So that question still lingers, right? Um, as far as we know, we get a lot of view from the viewer perspective on their behind the scenes kind of interactions um, and look, watching their personalities kind of bounce off each other and then become friends and then more than that, et cetera. Uh, but the environment around them is going through this hectic, you know, Zahn versus Piltover situation. So people don't know. So once we get to that point in the story, they can still use a lot of this, right? So once again, it, it this is a great, for how early this stuff came out, like this lore stuff, it's great that it was so open-ended, even though it's still well-written, um, to allow for it to apply very well to Arcane. I'm sure there was some cross, you know, talk a bit, but that's usually tough to do, right? Yeah, it's very tough to do, um, especially just because of the amount of time that's in between. Um a anything that you follow that's been written forever ago, uh, like there's going to be stuff that's just lost in, by word of mouth, lost in translation, all these kind of different human errors that can happen. So the fact that we have a story that's well enough that, hey, it could still be used in the story that's being made now. That's great. Um, so Caitlin's lore, it ends with a nice cryptic text of uh, Caitlin... You know, Caitlin's working as a sheriff in the city of Piltover. And then what Caitlin doesn't know, however, is that C is also keeping tabs on her, especially as her investigations bring her ever closer to the truth. Yep. And we end on that little cliffhanger. And um, I, it'd be interesting to see if we get an arc of Arcane with C and maybe, you know, tie it all in together it'll be interesting to see if c just kind of gets deleted and we move on from here who knows but um that does bring us to the card and let me tell you i'm a sucker for these kinds of cards so caitlin is a three mana three three with quick attack haha <laughs> a champion with quick attack um and she has strike Plant two flash bomb traps randomly in the top 10 cards of the enemy deck. Uh, the flash the flash bomb traps work exactly like Teemo Shrooms, uh, except instead of dealing one damage to the Nexus, they deal one damage to a random uh, unit. Uh, it specifies on the card a random ally, but it's in your enemy's deck, so it deals one damage to one of their controlled units. Um, so with, with Caitlin, she puts two whenever she hits and then her level up is that five of your traps have been activated. Um, the level up is actually pretty interesting because it specifies five of your traps, but not five of your flash bomb traps. So uh, the obvious combo is Caitlin Timo and then the shrooms work with it because there are also traps that are placed on the card. Um, when she levels up, she becomes a 4-4 with quick attack. The strike upgrades to four flash bomb traps instead of two. And on the strike, uh, deal damage to the enemy nexus equal to the number of your traps activated this round. So it's a little bit RNG. But if you are doing well enough as far as putting enough traps into your your opponent's deck, they are on a clock unless they remove this yeah. card. Because it doesn't matter if she's hit in the face. If they if she does five traps, 
kills one of your units because five traps went off and then swings that's five damage to the face that you can't do anything about unless you have a way to like kind of negate one of your blocks yeah it definitely caters to more i mean the casuals right it's more of a casual card um and it seems fun to play but we, we love the those rng effects of you know doing stuff to your yeah. opponent's deck and kind of you know uh, rubbing your hands together as you watch them activate your your trap card yeah, why, why'd you have to call it the casuals? Like, the first thing I did was build this with Lux. <laughs> and I was like, this is the control Lux needed. No, no that, that's mental illness, Hatch. That's not, that's not, <laughs> not casual behavior. Uh, but so the, this card uh, has an interesting, it's not really a quote. It's kind of like a little short story here, right? A little short um, kind of passage, if you want to talk about that. Yeah, so um, you say short. <laughs> Yeah. As far as a flavor text for a card, it would have fit a on a physical card. Yeah. Oh no, no. If this was a physical card, like you know how tilted I would be if like seeing a, a physical card. It's like, wait, that's all flavor. <laughs> <laughs> um. So as far as before she flips, it the flavor text here is Caitlin was always a dogged and thorough investigator, a quality that helped propel her fast through the ranks of Piltover enforcement. But when a case concerning a certain C came along, one that countless other enforcers had abandoned, it seemed almost as though Caitlin had finally met her match. Almost. And that takes us to the flipped over, the flipped over card, which, um, if you haven't seen the animation for this, just do like a quick YouTube search on like Caitlyn's uh, flip animation um, or be sick like me and build a deck. Um, but her flip is her like breaching a door. So like the door explodes and her diving on through. And that takes us to the flavor text where it is. She burst in, leveled her rifle, leveled her rifle at the culprit and looked down the scope. There, smiling through the looking glass, was a familiar face. And it was that terrorist Timo. <laughs> and it was the mad lad himself <laughs> peddling his shrooms, <laughs> looking straight down the barrel of this giant rifle, saying, It's a great day for adventure. <laughs> you sick and leak fuck. <laughs> League players everywhere had PTSD. Uh, don't chase the team. Oh. So yeah, this I like the I like the text on this car because it reminds me of like a a small novel, like a short story, just sitting in a bookstore with a little you know blurb on the back that wants to get you into the murder mystery type thing. Yeah, I I mean, and I do like the flavor because it's like the um uh. Like in other card games like Magic the Gathering, there's only a handful of cards that really kind of spread out their flavor and like work together. Yeah. Um, and every now and then the, the Watsi will go and kind of call out some of those old stories and bring them in. So if you're paying attention to them, it, it's a nice little fun bit. But Riot has shown that they're so good at tying all these stories together. So the flavor texts on their cards always tell a better picture. Yeah, exactly. Um, but for this, you know, we're not done with Caitlyn yet. We're going to have another episode coming soon. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, but for now, as always, thanks for listening. And we'll be back soon with the next episode. Take care, everybody. <laughs>